with the soul of a man never die. The Bible says that the body will go back to the ground where it came. The spirit will go back to the God who gave it. But the soul need a place. Can you imagine that? Going back before Genesis chapter 3, it was in God's plan that we will live forever. That's hard to fathom. Live forever. God made it possible through Jesus Christ. And we're grateful. Good morning. Those of you who are visiting who may not be members of the Church of Christ, we say welcome. We're happy you're here. And those of you who are visiting with us from another congregation, it's good to see you. And those of us who labor here, we expect to see you. Sister Masses, if you can turn the mic down just a little bit for me, that'd be good. Summer is over. Parents are happy. Every able body who can go to school is back in school. Saw my neighbor yesterday. I said, how life? He said, man, it's good. All the kids are back in school. I said, I see that you didn't go to work last week. He said, it was just a time to just enjoy my house. Nobody tell me what to do. Kids are back in school. His wife is a school teacher. So, so life, is, life is good. Sister Loretta, now you know I'm a used refrigerator. I'm telling everything. Sister Loretta texts me, was it Thursday? One day this week and asked me, have you changed your mind of moving to Florida because of the storm? I said, no, I can't wait to get out and we'll come back to South Carolina and go back to Florida when the storm is over. And I, at the time, I didn't know it was going into Fort Myers. But I called my friend, one of them came to Baltimore yesterday and the other one is in Atlanta with his daughter, and the storm is going to Atlanta. So I said, Jesse, the storm is chasing you. So I will not live close to you. I'm moving up the golf course and see how things are. Tom, how you doing? Bob, um, I didn't mean to ask you anyway, Tom. Barbara, how you doing? <laughs> It's like you have another baby, huh? Yeah. He'll be all right. Amen. What a week. Uh, pray for the family of Brother Crenshaw and uh, Northeast Church of Christ. Pray for a friend of mine from school. Donald Beasley used to be the women's basketball coach over at Morgan. I'm going to funeralize him tomorrow. And uh, where there's good news, there always not so good news. And got a chance to talk to his wife. They have one child, and she's struggling. And, you know, I can imagine. When you lose a parent, it's, it's always it's always hard. And uh, one of my friends lives in the woodlands. He's turning seventy, and his kids are sending him to St. Andrews. 
the birthplace of golf, for those of you who don't know. So he called me and asked what I'm doing in March. I said, nothing. He said, I'm going to St. Andrews. Want to come? I asked my wife if she can. She said, I'll help you. <laughs> but I'm not paying for it all. So I said, I will announce it to the church. <laughs> I want to go to St. Andrews to play golf in March. fly into London and catch the train up to Scotland. So show your love. <laughs> what color is it? <laughs> Please air market Brother Fraser golf trip so it won't get confused. All right, because I don't want Brother Johnson to count that in the church coffin. If you don't want to do that, when I walk by, hug me. You know like your grandmother used to do, put a little something in your hand. Put a little something in the brother's hand. Because the airline is just expensive. Good God, yeah. I figure it's like 60 or 70 of us in here this morning. Not counting the visitors. Everybody put up about 20 bucks. I should, I should be there. I'll bring a picture back for you. So, yeah. So good to see you. Good to see you. Uh, there will be no 430 service today because we'll be going over to the installation of 13th Street, Brother Chris Bradley will be the new minister at 13th Street. The chorus is going and, and everything else. And, uh, I, I told you all uh, I'm going to, this month is all going to be Brother Crenshaw's sermon. And, and I was Last week we talked from the Gospel of John, and, and, and I was listening to Brother Wilson as he gave the eulogy, and, and he was talking about the sermons that he had like of Brother Crenshaw. And I, and I remember taking Brother Crenshaw, and, and you know, it's one thing when you drop names, you know, throughout this brotherhood. You, but it is another thing when someone say you're their friend. Brother Crenshaw would say that I'm his friend. And I remember we were eating over at um, Red Lobster. Brother Crenshaw liked me, like bread. Have you ever had those? Red Lobster, those, those, the bit, those cheddar thing biscuits. It's just something about them when they're warm and fresh out of the oven. Uh, give me, I'm, I'm going somewhere, y'all. Just, just, just go with me. Just go with me. And, and, and we were sitting there eating, and there was one biscuit left. And he looked at me, and I looked at him. He said, friend, <laughs> I'm your guest. I said, Brother Crenshaw, you know they're going to bring some more. So he said, well, wait on it till they bring some more, and I'll eat this, this last one. Preachers. What are, you, what are you doing sitting over here? Henry is in your seat? A seat is a seat. 
Well, I don't like looking at you on my right side. So next time, tell Henry, move. I expect you to be over here. You're not a right side person that I talk to. Okay, I'll let that slide today. So if I'm over here, most of the sermon, y'all know I'm looking at Sister Stevens. So this morning, I'm going to stay right there, but I'm going to change the text. I told Brother Goodman I'm torn between John 4. But let's look at Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter, I'm, Luke chapter 11. Luke chapter 11. Sister Masters, Luke 11, and let's read, start reading at verse 5. Verse 5. Watch what Jesus says. Are we ready? Which of you should have a friend and shall go to him at midnight and shall say unto him, friend, Lend me three loaves, for a friend of mine has come, and I have nothing to set before him. And he from within shall answer and say, Trouble me not, the door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed. And I cannot rise and give thee. I say unto you, though he will not rise and give him, because he is his friend, yet because of importunity, he will rise and give him as many as he needs. Jesus was telling, one of the apostles had asked him, teach us how to pray. So he told them how to pray. But he also showed them the results of prayer. When you pray, Say, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us each day our daily bread and forgive our debt as we forgive our debtors. But lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And then he tells them a story. Brother Crenshaw could always tell a story. So he asked them a question. Which one of you should have a friend? and shall go to him at midnight. And when you get there, you knock on the door, and you say to him, a friend of mine has come on his journey. I got nothing to say before. Friend, I'm talking about friend now. The friend from the inside would say, don't bother me, the children and I in bed, the door is shut, I can't get up. Jesus' story says that he doesn't get up because we're friends, but because of persistence, he gets up.
give him all that he needs. Not because of friendship, but because of persistence. If you need a subject, a friend at midnight. A friend at midnight. In our lives as Christians, even as non-Christian, we all develop a sense to pray. Some of us pray often. Some of us pray when we are in the midst of trouble. Some of us pray when we want something. And some of us pray when we have nothing else to do. But when Jesus decides to teach his disciples the, 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 the avenue of prayer, He's opened up a channel so one can get to God for themselves. So all, you, you remember how the Jews used to pray. To the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. What about those who are not Jews? See, Jesus wanted us to know that there are something that has showed up that can give each of us access to God for ourselves. A lot of people think that prayer, this prayer is the model prayer. But the prayer in John 17, when Jesus stood before the cross and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify thy son that he might glorify you. But in this prayer that Jesus gives to his disciples, not only the Jesus wanted them to know how to pray, but Jesus is laying a foundation that brothers and sisters, if you have a persistent prayer life, God will never sake you or never leave you. So how did Jesus put this to them? He gives them something that all of us could understand. So he says, which one of you should have a friend? Friends are not casual people. Friends are someone that you're supposed to be able to count on. Friends, you, you know, they say, well, I'm closer to you, Henry, than a brother. I'm closer than you as a father. Friends are someone that you can tell things that you would not normally tell other people. But when you put everything on a friend, what happened when the friendship is gone? See, now all of the secrets that bound us together go away because something happened within our friendship. So watch what Jesus says. You have this friend, and you go to your friend at a time when you're testing the friendship. I'm tired. I've worked all day. The door is shut. In the Middle East, they don't have houses like we do. They have one big room and all of the cattle, everything you own comes into that. And it's common knowledge that when the door is shut, there's no more activities going on in that house at that day, on that day. So now he says that the door is shut. It's midnight, but I have nothing, so I'm going to go to someone that would supposed to be 
my friend. It says, a friend of mine has come. Now watch the text. He doesn't go to his friend for himself. He goes to his friend for another friend. Sometime in our lives, we should be able to pray for a friend. Sometimes in our lives, we jealousy set in and we like to see things happen to a friend that don't normally I'm trying to be diplomatic here. We don't want friends to be so great. So when some bad things happen to them, we say things that, well, you know he got me. So watch Jesus. The friend that showed up. had a different concept of the friend than the friend that was in the house. Because the one that showed up thought because of their relationship, it would be all right to knock on his door. See, we're friends. Sometimes somebody got think more of the relationship than the other person. So now, if you are my friend, and I am your friend, it always, it should be a two-way street. I should be able to knock on your door at any time of the night, and you should be able to knock on my door at any time of the night. Because when you knock on my door at a time that is not common, something's going on. have nothing to set before him. Friend on the inside says, trouble me not. I and my children are in bed. And I'm not getting up. I told you there was a one-room house wasn't that he had to come down the step out of the basement just get up and open the door but as we walk through our lives sometimes we get so tied up in ourselves that we don't want to make exception for no one all of this is right in this passage. I'm not getting up. I'm, I have a routine. Once the door is shut, we're done until the morning. But you're my friend. If I can't count on you, who can I count on? So what Jesus says, go back to the prayer. Go back and ask God, and God will deliver you. And now watch what he goes to his friend for. Bread. Bread. Brother Johnson, I've got to tell you the story of my aunt that could make biscuits. She makes the best biscuits in all of South Carolina. I would go America, but I don't want to be biased. <laughs> and, 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 and Tom, see, Tom in the country when they make the bread, they will sit the bread out to cool. And you will smell the aroma of the bread. 
And when my, when my aunt will make these biscuits, Andre, see, they didn't make biscuits like this in New Orleans, so I'm going to just help you out. Because you think they made good biscuits, but they made good biscuits in South Carolina. And they would just, you take them out of the oven, and, and they melt in your mouth. Don't even bother with butter or margarine. You who was that? Lay's had the commercial, no one can eat just one. That's what my aunt's biscuits. No one can eat just one. Bread in the Middle East was the foundation of all the meals. I, I remember going to an Ethiopian restaurant with group of co-workers and we went there at one of the lectureship but they didn't like the bread but we ordered the meat and all of it come in one dish and you just rip a piece of the, that's right you rip a piece of the bread and you eat the meat and, 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 and the co-workers were looking for our knives and a fork no not in the Middle East use your hand see it's it's nothing like the residue of bread on your fingers. Why y'all act like y'all don't know what I'm talking about? You, you. Uh, see, see, sometimes this 8 o'clock crowd, they always act like they always use knives and fork. and nothing. Like they don't know what I'm talking about. It's the stuff that's left on your finger, Brother Bill, that tastes better. So we went to this restaurant and just everybody laughed. Whatever the meat was, but the base of it is bread. That's the way the Middle Easterners eat. So my aunt's biscuit, my, my, my brother said, Nobody got the recipe. She died. Old folks didn't write recipes. They just made it. Said, so what did you put in that, Mama? A pinch of this and a pinch of that. See, it's the pinch of that. <laughs> that, that, that made it. You got all of yours from Smith Bakery and See, there we go. <laughs> so watch Jesus' story. He says, lend me three loaves. A friend of mine has come. Then I looked at the text. And, Do we lose friendship? over three loads. I mean, all I'm doing is looking at the text. I came and I asked for three loaves because a friend of mine showed up. It's not good to have people to come over to your house and you tell them, bring some food with you. There's a Popeye's up the street you, you put something in front of them. Now, the other thing I saw in the text is that the person who came had an idea that the person in the house had what he needed. Because if he didn't think that he had it, why would he show up? See, this is where Jesus is in his prayer. He said, when you pray to God, you must believe that God has what you're looking for. Or what else? Why would you pray to God? See, this is not about this friend. This was about the prayer. And, and in your travel, and, and, and when you down and out, this person who came had nothing. And he went to someone who, who anticipated had what he needed. So Jesus is saying, in your prayer life, you need to pray to God who has what you need. 
But you can't pray to God today and God don't hear you until your rent is due next month. You know, when you're in college and you got an exam in the morning at 8 o'clock and it's midnight, you decided you're going to pray because you hadn't studied the whole semester. God is not in the business of taking exams for us. You're the worst employee on the job. Now it's time for your evaluation and you want to raise and before you walk in, you pray. The whole time you've, you're late every day, you leave early and you take an hour and a half lunch when lunch is 30 minutes and now you want God to all of a sudden, in 15 minutes, wipe out all of the stuff that you hadn't done so you can ask your supervisor, can I get a raise? See, if you have a persistent prayer life, God is going to help you to say, you know, you need to be to work on time. When the break is 15 minutes, take 14. Bring your lunch so you can eat at your desk so you won't take you an hour and a half. See, these are the things that God would put in your life on a day-to-day -day basis when you pray to God. And not only that, he puts people in your life to guide you. But when you decide that, I'm only going to pray when I need God. See, that's a foolish thought because you need God every day. All day. So watch Jesus. Give me three loaves. But watch the person from the inside. Trouble me not. How come we got, we have gotten so important that we don't want nobody to bother us? How many folks in this audience this morning has prayed for someone other than yourself this week? Just, just this week. I'm not even going to ask you in the whole year of 2017. See, sometimes if you pray for somebody else, you're going to reap the benefit. Because when God puts someone in our lot, None of us, I, I was telling the, the, the Wednesday night class, the shirt that we have on, you have no idea how many people it took to get that shirt to you. I was talking yesterday to one of the former athletes at the university. She's from Totola, the British Virgin Islands. She said, we lost everything. I said, well, how's the house? Then she began to take out the pictures. We lost everything. I've never been in that situation where I've lost everything. So what happens when you have lost everything. Do you give up? No. That's when, see, that's when all of the prayers that you have in the prayer bank shows up. It, it may not come back the way you had it, but guess what? It's coming back. So she said, we need she gave us a list of stuff that basketball coach came by and I told him to stop by. When you have lost everything, 
The final thing she said, whatever you give, it's going to be more than what we have. Perception. Perception. See, when you have a persistent prayer life with God, you will have enough faith that God can deliver what you need. Not what you want, what you need. She says that if we can get some toiletries in a generator that would do a world of good. She said if 20 people just give $20, that would help a whole lot of people on the islands. And, and her concern was, you know, the British are going to build the resorts. But the people who doesn't live on the resort, got nothing. The U.S. Virgin Island, the U.S. is going to help out. But the British is just going to build the resort because they want the money. But what about the natives? Most of us going to throw away more stuff in it this week than most of those people going to have the rest of this year. Prayer should be the foundation of every Christian life. Not when you need something. Pray when the sun is shining, when nothing's wrong, because I can assure you the sun's going to go down. And something else tomorrow brings a new challenge all by himself. And pray for somebody, the person next to you. I don't know what's happening in his life, but when something happened, God, Give him some strength to hold on. The door is shut. See, only a friend door is closed. The door to God is always open. See that. The friend said, the door is shut. And my children and I are in bed. We are in the comfort of our house. Whatever is going on outside is no concern of mine. But we must always understand, brothers and sisters, what happens when you leave your house? When you leave your comfort zone, where do we turn? Because one day you might wake up and everything you have is gone. Who are you going to turn to? God. But you don't know God. Or worse. God don't know you. Who's this on my phone? This Larry. I never heard from him since last year. But every day, brothers and sisters, that when you get up, just say thank you to somebody. Uh, I got up yesterday, and Sinai came up, and she was limping. And I said, what, to my wife, I said, what's wrong with Sinai? She got arthritis. I don't know what I'm going to do. I said, well, look, you spend $365 on her last month. She told me to stop by the store and bring some bottled water 
when I looked what she was doing with the bottle of water, mm -mm. she was giving the bottle of water to the cat. <laughs> I'm drinking the water from the refrigerator, not inside, the one out the door. The cat is drinking the water that we buy from the giant. Something wrong. But I got a persistent prayer life Amen. that when these things happen, something else in, inside of me is greater. So I don't know. The cat got arthritis. So do I. Every day, Brother Johnson, I don't have pain. I say, thank you, God, because I got more days today with pain than I have without. So she said, well, I don't know what I'm going to do with the cat. I said, well, what about me? All of a sudden, the cat is more important. But I got a persistent prayer life that God always provide for me. She's going to provide for the cat. God is going to provide for me. I cannot rise and give thee Jesus' story, so there's not much I could do with that. But if I could change something, I would take cannot, and I, said, I will say, I will not. But since Jesus' story, and, and, and I know with, with Jesus, I would just say, I will not rise and give thee. Because so many times we say that. I will not pray for you. We don't have to say, I'm not going to. Just say, I won't. I don't want you to do better. My desire is that you do worse. This is it's in the text. Don't let friendship foolish. Jesus said, you are my friend. If you do whatever I command you to do. If you have a persistent prayer life with God, God is going to provide all of our needs. But he doesn't get the bread unless Persistent. Persistent. Things look bleak this morning. Be persistent. I know, I know you went to bed and you were on top of the world and you woke up this morning. You still got God. See, don't ever put your, all of your faith in your friend. Some folks are just your friend because they can. you have something they want. But the minute that goes away, they're gone. But see, God is not your friend. He's your father. He's your father. My son told one of his friends, my dad and I are best friends. I said, ne never. We're not friends at all. No, don't tell your friends. That's a lie. You and your dad is not, we're not friends. Amen. I'm your father. And I demand the respect of a son to a father, not a friend. Yeah. Because when times get tough, he don't need a friend. He need a father. And I don't want him to be confused on who I am at the time. 
So that's why I got to be with God. God will never be our friend. God is our father. And when you desire something, you got to ask your father. But you have to ask your father persistently. This is Jesus' story. He will not get up and give him because they're friends. But because he pestered him, he'll get up. You better get up and give him because he's not going to let us go to sleep. Please give him because he won't stop calling. Every now and then, brothers and sisters, I, you know, I just believe. I say, well, I'm going to put God to the test. That's just for my inner person. He said he was going to take care of me. I'm in a fix now. And I need you to answer my prayer. I need you to help me. And see, sometimes when you get, when you are in trouble, you can't mentally pray because you are so much wrapped up in the situation instead of the solution. I've been there. I try to pray, Sister Stephen. I can't get halfway through it. Why? Because I'm still thinking about the situation. Not the solution. I got the solution, but my mental, my physical human being wouldn't allow me to allow my spiritual part to take over. Because, see, sometimes we still think that we got control. We don't have control over nothing. The only thing we got is a God who loves us enough to hold us. That storm could have came up the Atlantic coast right into Maryland. Baltimore and the surrounding area could have been flooded except of Houston. Sure. Sunshine in today. The cloud's coming. It'll change tomorrow. But if you have a persistent prayer life, where you don't need a friend, but a father, Jesus started off the prayer by saying, Our Father, not our friend. Our Father, which art in heaven. Last week, the Democrat went into the, to the White House and they came out and got, they got something that the Republic couldn't, couldn't get. Who's that a victory for? Not for me. It ain't going to never work its way down to me. I got to trust God. Yeah. What good if they give a tax cut to a person who make a, a million dollars, Tom, and I don't? See, some things, you just, some things is just so simple. Going to give a tax cut to all of those who are in middle class. Got to get to me. But they ain't voted for that yet. Those who make 500000 and above. Okay. Take my five years to get the 500000 So if I sit around and wait for a tax cut, instead of God, you're nothing. But you know what I have? I have the person who authorized the tax cut. I have the person who have the taxes and the cut. 
have the person who put the thought in it, who knew the answer before they got the thought. They're coming. They're coming because they believe that you have what they want. Don't tell them that your door is closed. Don't tell them that you are in bed and you can't get up. Sometimes people just say, just tell me the truth. I was in Miami two summers ago. And you know how the folks stay on the side of the road and they hold up their sign and says, help me, I need help. And somebody did something and said, those folks make $30,000, $40,000 a year. I got pulled out the airport and got in the car and as I was going towards the um, Florida Turnpike 75, one guy had a sign up said, I'm not going to lie. All I want is a beer. Catch up. I don't need God blessing. It's hot. And all I want you to do is help me to. Listen, I'm not going to lie. I just want a beer. If I was in the business of buying beer, I'd have bought him a beer. Sometimes you just want truth. Truth. That's all you want. You don't want a friend to tell you. See, the worst thing about this phone, you know who's calling. When they don't, when your friend don't want to answer, they know you on that. Here go Frazier, I'm not answering. I'm in a meeting, I'll get back to you later. I forgot. Didn't you get my text? No. See, all of these things. See, when you call on God, he's going to answer every time. And he's going to give you what he feels you need. Maybe you're here this morning. You're not a member of the Lord's church. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Believe with all your heart Christ died for you, that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. Repent of your sins, confess your faith in Christ, and we'll baptize you in water this morning for the remission of your sin. And if you're here and you're a member of the Lord's church and you have doubts what's going on in your life, get a persistent prayer life. God has promised he will never forsake or never leave you. You need Jesus? Come as we together stand and sing the song that has been selected. Uh -huh.